Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Cody Porter, and you are listening to Pastors Patriots and the Pursuit of Freedom. Now, I'm so excited today because we're going to talk about something that is so incredibly important, but it's also very time sensitive. Now, before we get into what we're talking about today, I just want to put a little disclaimer in there that this is my opinion. This is my well-informed opinion, as I've read many historical documents, many uh, news articles, and I I have thoroughly researched this topic. And uh, what I'm fixing to speak on today is in no way a call to arms. It is in no way uh, wanting to incite violence, but rather it's talking about how important liberty is and the fact that we could very well be losing liberty here very soon if we are not vocal about this. So, let's dive in. So, whenever I was reading the news today, I seen something very interesting from Politico.com. And the headline of this says, Biden to unveil long-awaited executive action on guns. Underneath this headline, it says, The announcement expected Thursday comes amid a spate of high-profile shootings and as some advocates have grown frustrated in the White House's delay. So what this is saying is that tomorrow, on Thursday, Biden is, is supposedly going to unveil uh, executive action on guns. And that because of the high-profile shootings that we've had recently, such as Colorado, Georgia, and California, there's been a lot of pressure on the White House to go ahead and push some sort of of gun control executive action to make America safer. And that's essentially the platform that they're running on, is making America safer to curb gun violence, and they're planning on doing this through executive actions. And not just executive action, but executive actions, plural, with an S. And that's explicitly what this article says. It's a package of executive actions to curb gun violence. Now, we don't really know what is in these executive actions per se, but in my research, I decided to go to the Biden-Harris campaign website because I figured that would be a pretty good place to start to see what they were running on uh, whenever they were first campaigning when it comes to gun control. Now, what I seen on here was completely horrific, but it did not surprise me. I was just disturbed because if they actually do what they are proposing that they are going to do through executive action, it actually says several times through here that says that he will use his executive authority to get this done. It states that numerous times. But you can go check this stuff out for yourself. It's JoeBiden.com forward slash gun safety forward slash. You, you, can, you can look this up. You can read all of these different points. It brings you to an article uh, that's called The Biden Plan to End Our Gun Violence Epidemic. And what is in here is just completely absurd whenever uh, the light of history shines on it, when the Bill of Rights shines on it, and when just straight up common sense runs on it, shines on it. But see, that's the thing, though. That's the thing that we need to understand is that the, the tactics that are used to push things like gun control are incredibly, incredibly deceptive. As a matter of fact, uh, this new administration likes to run on something that is called common sense gun control or gun reform. And it's, it's got common sense right in the title, so how could this possibly be wrong? But see, the thing is, it, pre- it preys on people that are ignorant to what the Second Amendment actually means, what it's actually there for, what guns actually are, what they're used for, the different, uh, the different parts of the guns, the different accessories you can get, the different, uh, the different magazines and capacities and, and firing rates. They, they don't really know any of this because they've never taken up shooting, they've never uh, studied the Constitution, whatever. And this could either be willful ignorance or it could just be the fact that they never, they never engaged in it, so they don't really have any experience in it. But the thing is, whenever you don't know about a topic, but you're vocal on that topic, it can be very, very dangerous. 
ignorance in any form can be very, very dangerous. So as I was reading, I seen some some things that really just kind of stood out to me as as very dangerous, as completely, completely absurd. And uh, I'm just going to go through a few of these. But the first thing that he wants to do is he wants to ban the manufacture and sale of assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. Well, right off the top, we, we see um, this website, this administration, using terms that they don't know anything about. The first thing that they do is they say assault weapons. We know from debates, from other, from other speeches um, that this administration has given, that what they're referring to when they say assault weapons is, is AR-15s or similar style rifles. But this term assault weapon, whenever you actually research what it is, is assault weapon is a weapon of war. It's something that you would see on the battlefield, but it's something capable of fully automatic fire. Which means if you hold down the trigger, it's going to keep firing as long as your finger's on the trigger. But that's not what the AR-15 is and other rifles similar that you can go and buy at the store. Those rifles in the store are what you call semi-automatic, which means for every one pull of the trigger, one shot is fired. There's, there's no more. You don't hold down the trigger and it goes boom, 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 like a lot of politicians would like you to believe. For every pull of the trigger, it's one shot. So it's more like boom, boom, boom. And so I, th- I think there's a fundamental misunderstanding of what these weapons actually are, what they're used for, what they're designed to do, and what they're capable of. But I'm going to move off my soapbox for that term. Um, here's another term that they're misusing, high-capacity magazines. And we always talk about those, and... It's, it's always thrown around, you know, oh, AR-15s come with 30-round magazines, 30-round magazines, 30-round magazines. Why do you need 30 rounds for hunting? Why do you need 30 rounds for deer hunting? And it's a complete, complete misrepresentation of what is actually going on. You see, the 30-round magazine is not a high-capacity magazine. It's actually a standard capacity that these rifles come with. Um, it's not something that you go out and you get as marketed as a high-capacity magazine. It's pretty standard in the gun man- manufacturing world. But you see, you, they use terms such as high-capacity to make it seem like it's big, like it's scary, like it's dangerous. And they use terms like, or sentences rather, like, why do you need those 30 rounds for hunting? Well, as we're going to see later in this historical bit of, of, of this podcast, the Second Amendment has nothing to do with hunting. Hunting is something that's fun. Hunting is something that's a byproduct of being able to have firearms through the Second Amendment. But the Second Amendment, by and large, has nothing to do with hunting, and we're going to discuss that. So, complete misuse of terms. But he also goes on to talk about um, to talk about stockpiling weapons and how he's going to reduce stockpiling of weapons. And through legislation, he's going to restrict the number of firearms that people purchase to only one per month. Now, once again, common sense, guys, common sense gun reform. Why would anybody need more than one gun a month? Well, the question should be, why does it matter? Why, why does it matter? If we live in a free nation, we have the right to own guns. Why does it matter if I'm purchasing more than one? What's, what's the motive here? What's the thought process? Whether you have one or 20, what, what does it matter? You can only carry one at a time. You can only operate one at a time. What's... What's the purpose here? I would like to see a little bit more elaboration on that. So the next thing that he talks about, and this is something that really, really scares me, is he's talking about this new thing called extreme risk laws. And it says that he wants to incentivize state extreme risk laws. Now, guys, this is a direct quote from the Biden-Harris website. You can go look it up. It says, extreme risk laws, also called red flag laws, enable family members or law enforcement officials to temporarily remove an individual's access to firearms when that individual is in crisis and poses a danger to themselves 
or to others. Hmm. Isn't this interesting? Red flag laws. Whenever you're deemed to pose a risk to yourself or others, your family members or law enforcement officials can temporarily remove your access to firearms. Now, this seems, this seems like a massive infringement waiting to happen. And I would also like to see what is deemed as, you know, needed for something like this. What constitutes a red flag in the eyes of this new administration and in the eyes of a lot of the people who are pushing an anti-firearm agenda? What is a red flag and who exactly are they going to answer to? Are they going to run this by psychologists who are also anti-gun? Because that seems very biased to me. What's, what's the purpose behind this? And if we're not careful, we're going to have massive witch hunts. Like, oh, he seems depressed, we should take his firearms. Or, oh, he seems angry, we should take his firearms. Or, oh, he said X, Y, and Z, even though we can't necessarily prove that he said X, Y, and Z. And before you know it, we've got perfectly legal firearm owners, people in their right mind, perfectly capable of, of owning a firearm. They're getting their weapons taken away temporarily by family members, by law enforcement officers. And also, it says temporarily. It never says how long. There is no... There is no uh, set rules for this, and this seems very odd to me, and it also seems very dangerous to me. Now, do I think that you should look out for the safety of other people? Yes, I do. However, I don't think this is the way to do it. This seems very odd to me. Very odd to me. Now, will being checks, I mean, that, that could be something else conducted by family members. Just ha say, hey, buddy, you know, we're, we're worried about you. How are you doing? All that kind of stuff. But to turn them into the law enforcement just because they pose a red flag? That seems very odd, very unconstitutional to me, and it definitely imposes upon freedom. So there are so many things, just scrolling through here, that really, really get under my skin, really, really worry me, because this is going to shred the Second Amendment if any of these get passed. And like I said, it says that there's going to be a package of executive actions regarding guns, uh, so we really don't know what he's going to be passing here soon. But if he passes any of this stuff on the website, it is going to completely shred the Second Amendment. He also goes on to talk about ghost guns. That that seems very odd to me. There's not a whole lot uh, of information there. But we we need to be careful. We need to we need to watch this because this can get out of hand really really fast. Now, for those of you who follow my Facebook page, I posted a quote on there a few days ago. That's a very important quote, but it goes along perfectly with this. Benjamin Franklin, he was an amazing person in our country's history. He was there during the Revolution. He knows what was going on. He knows the price of freedom. And he says this. He says, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. He's saying this, this is insane. To give up freedom, to give up liberty, just for a little temporary safety you're not going to have liberty anymore, and you're for sure not going to have safety. You know, let's think about this for a minute. Now, like I said at the beginning of the video, I'm not advocating for anybody going out and overthrowing the government or anything, but that's not what we're talking about here. What I am talking about is there is an infringement upon our liberty that is coming. We need to be aware of it. We need to be vocal. But let's think about this. With all of the stuff coming out about our government recently, with all of the stuff that is happening um, in the news, we, we see all kinds of stuff coming out about corruption, about money, about scandals, all this kind of stuff all the time. If I had to ask you, do you fully 100% trust your government? Deep down in your heart of hearts, you've got to say no. Why? Because they're human. Anybody can be corrupted with that kind of power, with that kind of money. 
do you fully trust them? No, they're human. They're capable of failing, especially whenever you add power, fame, and money. So, if we don't fully trust the government, why would we want them to be the only ones that have firearms with large capacity, with, you know, whatever else they're saying? Why would we want them to have all of them, but we're not allowed to have any if we don't fully trust them? That seems very, very strange, very peculiar, very dangerous. Because whenever we give up liberty and we put it, our liberty in the hands of somebody else, instead of taking responsibility for it, we're not going to have safety and we're not going to have liberty. But what is the Second Amendment actually? Well, I hate to burst your bubble here, but it has nothing to do with hunting. But it has everything to do with the preservation of liberty and defense. The Second Amendment says this. It says, A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now you may be saying, okay, Cody, well, here's the deal. It never says in there what you can and cannot have. <laughs> okay, it doesn't have to. It's very blunt on purpose. It says the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, period. That's like if I look at you and say, hey, don't touch that. I'm not saying, hey, you can't touch that right now and maybe you can touch it later. Or, hey, don't touch it with your finger, maybe touch it with a pencil. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, hey, don't touch that period under any circumstances. And that's what the Second Amendment is saying. It's saying the right of the people to keep and bear arms, any arms, shall not be infringed, period. It ends with a period. It doesn't end with a comma. It doesn't end with a dot, dot, dot. It ends with a period. Now, you may be also saying, well, it's talking about muskets. It's talking about the firearms of the time. Well, we've heard it said many times, if the Second Amendment is talking about a musket, then the First Amendment must only be talking about a, a quill and ink or a printing press. You know, this is a logical fallacy, but it's stuff that we buy into because it's common sense gun control. Or it's common sense. If you, if you don't think that this is necessary, then ultimately you, you, must, you must be silly, or you must be out of your mind, or you must not be educated. But our founding fathers knew what they, what, what they were doing. You see, it says the security of a free state. It's necessary for the security of a free state. This amendment was ratified December 15th, 1791. 1791, if you remember back to high school history class, we gained our independence in 1776. So here we are, just, you know, just, you know, not too many years removed from the Revolutionary War. The guys who penned this amendment, they knew the price of freedom, and they said if we want to keep being a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Having arms and having freedom go hand in hand. You can't have one and not the other. Now, you want to know what else was ratified on December 15th, 1791, the exact same day that the Second Amendment was ratified? The First Amendment was ratified. In the First Amendment, it says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of a religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging freedom, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people to peacefully assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So this one's saying, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of a religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. They cannot make any law stopping you from, from exercising your religious rights. They cannot abridge the freedom of speech. You have the right to say what you want. Or of the press. They cannot stop the freedom of the press. Or of the right of the people to peacefully assemble. <laughs> or to petition the government for a redress of grievances. To say, hey, government, 
hey, we, we need to rethink some things. This is unconstitutional. This is tyrannical. Hey, let's rethink some things. We have the right to petition the government. We have the right to say what we want. We have the right to report what we want. We have the right to peacefully assemble. We have the right to practice our religion freely. So they put this one first. Have you ever wondered why the order is the way it is? Well, they put this one first because it was the biggest deal. You cannot have a tyrannical government where there's free religion being practiced, where there's free speech being practiced, where there's free uh, assembling happening, where there's petitions of the government happening. You cannot have a tyrannical government where there's also free press, where the news is actually legitimately being reported. Now, whenever that's tampered with, then we can start seeing tyranny come in. But with those things, a tyrannical government cannot be set up because it's the free exchange of ideas. People are able to have their own opinion, to voice their own opinion, and everything is on an equal playing field. So that is first, because it's the most important. But our founders, they were not stupid. They knew what they were doing. They said, we cannot just have the first without having the second. Why? Because if we just have the first, but we're unarmed, any tyrannical government can come in here and just steamroll us. They can come in, they can push their machine guns and tanks through the streets. They can just lay waste to us until we give in or submit. But our founders said, no, 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 we need to set up a different system. So we're going to also have the Second Amendment, which says a well-regulated militia. We need to have plenty of arms, plenty of ammunition to do what we need to do whenever we need to do it. Because it's necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people, shall, uh, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. They're saying if we want to keep this right to religion, to speech, to press, to assembly, to petition the government, we have to have arms. Because this puts us on an equal playing field. Going back to the analogy of do you fully trust the government? Well, if something were to ever happen to where they infringe upon our freedom, to where they step over that line, there's a severe unbalancing that's taking place of the scales toward the government side if the government's the only one that has firearms and the people don't. So our founders said in order to keep us free, we have to, we have, to have access to these arms, to, the, to this ammunition, uninfringed, with no restrictions, that's what uninfringed means, no restrictions, no infringements, to be able to maintain that balance of freedom. Now, why does this matter? Why does it matter? You say, you say well, Cody, you know, I'm, I'm sure the majority of you listening to this podcast are, are Christians, um, and uh, because, you know, part of this title is Pastors, Patriots, Pursuit of Freedom. Um, but from a Christian worldview, you may say, well, why does this matter? You know, shouldn't we just submit to the government no matter what? Well, here's the deal. God has instituted our nation as a free nation. He was there during the American Revolution. He was there during the writings of the documents. He was there through it all. He guided the pens of our founding fathers, and you can see this evident through all of the, all of the documents. Now, I do not put them on par with the Bible. That would just be silly. Nor do I lift up this nation as a god, but I do believe that this nation is a gift from God. And I would be, and we would be, a terrible steward to let this freedom go on our watch. How horrible would that be? If all of these generations has fought and preserved freedom, the gift that God has given them, and then we have let it slip away, slip away on our watch. But you know, in the Declaration of Independence, it talks about the need for if a government becomes tyrannical, it is the right of the people to reform it and start from scratch. Now, like I said at the beginning, I'm not advocating for that. What I'm saying is we need to make our voices heard because if we are not careful, we can go that direction. And if I'm going to be, if we're going to be a good steward of what God has given us, we must make sure that we are preserving liberty and we are being good stewards, that we are 
not just sitting back and letting freedom disappear, that we are not just sitting back and letting our rights disappear, but we are actively engaged. So I'm not saying go take up arms and go to the streets. I, I would be a fool to say that. What I am saying is call your senators, call your representatives, let them know that we are not supporting this, but we love our freedom. We love our freedom, and we're going to be very vocal about that, because after all, the, the First Amendment says that we have the right to peacefully assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. For them to go back and readdress it and say, hang on a minute, let's, let's relook at this. Is this legal? Is it not? And whatever they want to do to the Second Amendment would be illegal unless they make a new amendment, which that's not what they're proposing to do. Anything short of that would be an infringement upon the Second Amendment. And like I said, we would be fools to let that slip away. Whether you're a gun person or not, you would be a fool to let this slip away. Whether you like the Second Amendment or not, you would be a fool to let this slip away. Because, because, because this amendment is what all the other amendments hinge upon. And I think we need to take a serious look at this. Even as Christians, you know, I am a, I am a minister, I love peace, I would always advocate for peace. However, if that is not an option, there's got to be a plan B, and our Founding Fathers has, has addressed this. It's just having the option to keep the scales in balance. And I think this is a great thing. I think this is something that God has provided us. We need to be careful. We need to be watchful. And so I just wanted to leave you with that because this is very time-sensitive. I want to thank you for listening. I want you to share this. Let's get the message of freedom out there far and wide. And I want to also thank you for taking an interest in this. But I petition you to stand boldly. Make calls. Make posts. Let people know that we're not just going to fall for this. Stand strong. Thank you.